Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Oh, it's so cute. Stop it. Good. Oh, my God. All right. Um, all right. I'm ready to go. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. Okay. Let's fucking Today's... do this. <laughs> Sorry. Today. <laughs> Today. Right. Okay. Today. What's up, hot queens? Did you bring the baby gherkins? <laughs> this is when I really felt like maybe we shouldn't do this podcast. Astronomical. I hate to see it. Wasted potential. Are you drunk? I'm <laughs> so drunk right now. Welcome to Bad Author Book Club, where we're not like other authors, we're worse. I'm Ryan LaSala. I'm Clarabel Ortega, and we're two authors reading the most bizarre fiction we can find. Before we get started, if you want to follow us on social media, we're on Anchor at anchor.fm slash badauthorbookclub, on Twitter at badauthorpod, Instagram at badauthorbookclub, and our website is badauthorbookclub.com. Dot wordpress.com that's certainly the case oh it's good to be <laughs> back with you how are you angel what's going on in your world uh i mean i'm not great i'm not gonna lie to our listeners i've been having a mental health uh j- stuff but i'm yeah. okay like i am taking care of myself i have my therapist i have my tools to deal with stuff and mm-hmm. i'm thinking about taking like a semi-social media break over the summer, like just mm. posting for actual things and not just mm-hmm. like doing the loop mm-hmm. of checking oh, yeah. incessantly oh for no reason. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good <laughs> idea. And I think most people would benefit from not like basting their brains in just the soupy gloom of social media and like what it is. And I think yeah. <laughs> controversial take. I think that you and I are both at the level, just like career-wise, where like we don't have to have like constant vigilance and be plugged into See, every single conversation. That's what I'm sort of dealing with right now. Where like I, I both have like extreme confidence in my work, 
mm-hmm. but not extreme confidence in like anyone else's ability to sort of like recognize or sustain that belief about me. So like mm-hmm. I'm constantly doubting how much I have to be on social media. And like it was a whole conversation with my therapist today because it really is like lack of believing in myself or my work being able to like kind of stand on its own without me constantly being online which is right very like annoying. if you are not there to like prop it up what does that mean for like will it all fall down right right yeah. and i mean i've watched people step away from social media and flop i've watched oh. it happen <laughs> i've watched That's... it happen so like i'm not gonna sit here and be like it's not true because sometimes it is but I know there are other factors involved. It's not just them not being on social media. It's it's true. And we are two people who have basically built careers out of like nothing in just the echo chamber that is like social media. And so, of course, for us to step away is like, oh, my gosh, like I feel like walking off a plank. But you need to be able. So hard. And I was going to say you need to be able to like do the actual work though because now you've got all of these readers Mm. you literally are a best-selling author of a series at this point oh listeners by the way Clarville hit the bestsellers list again (laughs) with the second installment (laughs) to Witchling so fast for Clarabelle yeah like a best-selling series and something that really thanks everyone yeah let's give it up wherever you are please snap our hot queen Clarabelle because that is the hardest thing to do and Clarabelle did it and uh, one thing that stuck out yeah. to me, Clarabelle, especially middle grade, tour, that shit is hard. Oh my Sorry. God. Yeah. <laughs> so competitive. And well, I was going to commend you because you were on tour and you were actually getting to like meet readers and like kids were showing up in like cosplays. Like you're getting all these messages and like, that's great. So many people don't get to the point where they kind of get like the feedback and the readership and like, you've got it. And I feel like if you're ever feeling like oh my god i'm flopping like those kids they're not on twitter they have no idea what's going on right now they're just you are 100 percent correct yeah (laughs) eating it up and i don't know i don't know well i'll i'll give you the highlights if you really want them but honestly i don't think you're gonna miss much yeah i mean first of all thank you um it is so much harder to see those things in yourself yeah than in other people i will say that it's like a constant struggle for me to be like like i can tell you that all of those Mm. things if i see you doing it but then Mm -hmm. it's like but not for me it's different for me i can never not be online Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's very stressful but yeah i need a break i do need a break i've been working really hard you have been. You've been working nonstop. You've got a few things that, like, you can't even talk about that you've been working on. That's I think that's the hard thing for you, too, is that you've got so many different things that you're focused on mm. that, like, mm. and, like, same with me, like, that we just, like, can't, you actually more so than me, but, like, we can't share them, so we can't share and, like, expressing, like, hey, this is why I'm, like, such a haggard mess. This is why I'm, like, a Kathy cartoon right now, because I've got all of this stuff going on, <laughs> which means, Kathy you know, cartoon. you only, you <laughs> Recurring theme in our group chats <laughs> is the kiss, Kathy. Kathy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, a haggard icon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the other thing that we were chatting about is how like we feel so like stressed with all this like other stuff, but then when we come back to like Bad Author Book Club, it's like this bomb, and especially with 
so just listeners for context today was the day that we like revealed like the teaser yeah um, all the episodes that you've been listening to so far had been like pre-recorded mm. and today's the day that we finally got to like tell everybody because our schedules now that that witchlings 2 is out and we're sort of in the summer like we've got more time to record and edit so um I was just thinking that, like, oh, I've got, like, so much stuff going on, but, like, this is the one thing, the one, like, side project that I actually really, like, care about, and that gives me more energy than it takes. So true. Uh, and today was a, such a nice reminder, like, revealing the, the the title of the book that we're reading, and I'm so excited, like, from the future where we're recording now, like, all the stuff that y'all have got to, like, experience, or have, at this point as you're listening, like, have experience. It's just, like, it's fun, and it's good, yeah. so... I don't know. I'm excited to kind of have this as like my like little island, my little air island away from <laughs> away from like the rest of around stuff. away from the underground orphans. Disgusting. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't want to bottom out. Do you? <laughs> Today's episode is chapter four of Rebels City of Indra, the Academy Lex. So just want to warn our listeners Mm -hmm. (laughs) that nothing happens. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. This is this is what because we're early in the book. We're on page 51. So we're in like Mm. we're like the plot should be starting and it should have started. Yeah, a while ago. This is a this is. Do you know what they fucking concerning did though? Yeah. To me. <laughs> you what? Your, you your, I have some concerns as well. So they what? started the book at when like the inciting incidents began, right? Like we, it was like the uh-huh. the day of discovery was coming up or, you know, what have you. Like <laughs> T-Dot. T-Dot, yeah, right. T-Dot was coming up. And, but then remember, like we like hairpinned backwards in time. So then it, it went from being like three days until T-Dot. And then it was like six years until T-Dot. So they basically were like, oh, well, we have to start with like something interesting. Like all YA books try to start with something incident, like an exciting incident. Yeah. And then we've just gone back in time and now we're trudging through backstory. And I don't know if they, yeah. it, it feels like they think this is like the most fascinating world ever in that like we're with these girls, but because they already provided the like like we sort of know where they end up like there's not much risk like we know they're gonna make it to the beginning of the story but yeah. like it is the this is the longest prologue ever it is and i feel like it's not filled with anything really interesting to mm. me like i mean we'll get a little bit to that later but it's yeah. almost like we jump ahead and we miss all of the like meat of the story of the like like, I feel like by this time, we should have just seen them suffering only, right? <laughs> and, like, seen the shift. Because you, you have to... Okay, I understand having to set up their life as it was before whatever happened. But I feel like they sort of started, like you said, with the big inciting incident and yeah. then moved backwards. Mm-hmm. So it felt anticlimactic instead of building to something, right? Because yeah. you, that's the moment you have to make your characters likable, which, by the way... Neither of them are. Nope. Not I yet. hate them. <laughs> yeah, Horrible. I, re- I really do too. So they're not. They're really. Oh wow, bad. Mm. I and I thought Tookie was bad, but I'm like craving Tookie's like a daffiness because at least there was like a campiness to it. But these girls are so self serious and so yeah, annoying super. and like I mean whatever like. We'll get into it, but, like, this book is the not-like-other-girls-of-books, and that's a product of its time. 
I think, but also I think it's a product of just the, like, the people that wrote it thinking that this is the kind of heroine that is successful, right? Because it resonates Mm. with a reader's sense that, like, they're not like other girls because they, like, read books and they've got, like, actual thoughts and opinions, unlike those vapid little bitches, right? Like, and we love to, we love to talk about, like, the vapid little mean bitches who, like, can't read. So books sometimes are and become this, like, insider's club of, like, intellectualism. And I think that's what, like, that's why the, the not like other girl, like, ethos, I think, resonates so much in, like, the YA world and I say resonate Mm. from like a market standpoint I actually don't think readers really love this and that's sort of proven to be true because this book did horribly (laughs) so we we know that it didn't do well at all I I I completely agree with you it's it it it, I've marked several moments in the Mm. next two chapters that Mm. are literal like not like other girl moments where they say it yeah they They, like say it um insert not like other girls jingle here yeah. she's forgot about not that, like bitch. other girls no other she's girl. not she like, is not like, like other, other girls, girls. <laughs> i feel like that would blow book talk up if we uploaded it so we have to make a tiktok with that original clarabelle a or i need to come up with i need to come up with a name for my band because i'm always making up fucking songs all the time and they're catchy and they stick around they're they're really good you your spotify (laughs) just has like the (laughs) bad author book club and then like not like other girls My I mean, book you comes should. out in 20 <laughs> days. <laughs> days. What she had That's just a song Spotify. Or it'll be okay. <laughs> but it's like it's like 19 tracks of the same song just where you subbed it. Of just of just like little jingles. I should should I write jingles? Should yeah. I be like Uncle Jesse from Full House? Do people do that still? I feel like AI is gonna do all of that now. Never mind. Yeah. It, it, you know what the the war of the machines is going to come down to you versus the ai on like just the premise of a oh jingle. they're fucked they're yeah, fucked it's over. <laughs> this is what stopped the matrix the whimsy i bring to a jingle <laughs> cannot be made by a fucking machine the whimsy i bring to Ever. a jingle <laughs> Wait, okay, wait, hold on. Let's, <laughs> listeners, could you tell we're like desperate not to talk about this book? Like we're desperate to do anything else. We but, just want to talk to each other. I it's know. This podcast is an excuse to FaceTime. Basically, I know. I was saying, I was like, oh my God, we haven't like, gotten to like, see each other. We're going to see each other Saturday. So it's good mm. that we're, it's good that we're getting to this now. But all right, listen, babe, listen, Otherwise, babe. We'll we're... ignore everyone. <laughs> it's true. We're in Lex's POV. Lex, just a reminder, because I needed this myself. She's like the spicy poor girl. Like she's the one that's like un- under the rocks, and she's the one that. So we think in- this is Kylie, right? I, d- I don't know. The, I, I have no idea what the difference is. Not helpful that they keep on getting surgeries that synchronize their facial features like every couple of years. So I do not know these people help. apart. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking help. Um. Okay. So Kylie is the one. Whose She's office a- I'm in right now. Yeah. She had the teal hair era. She dated Tyga and it was a questionable situation. Okay. Because he started seeing her when she was way too young. She's now with or was with Travis Scott. And she's the one who did the had the rise and shine moment with her Wait. baby Stormy. <laughs> It's, oh, she's the one. Stormy, you look like mommy, sweetie. Yeah, that's I her. I say that all the time to my cat. And wait, quick question. Can, is this the same uh, zone? Is Travis is Travis Scott real? That's a real person? 
Uh, yes, he is real, and people apparently died at his concert because oh. they just oh. like yes, With yeah, the, there was that like a whole thing. Pit. That was him. That yeah. was a real person. I thought he was just like a computer program. Well, I mean, anything is possible. Oh my god, true. <laughs> it was like a computer on stage, <laughs> being like, "Help that person." Um. Anyways, okay. Listen, listen, y'all. He actually y'all. didn't I... say help that person. That is the. Oh, issue that's here. the problem. And, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, and then the other person is Kendall, aka Candle. We will only be calling her Candle, who is currently public enemy mm. number one because she is dating Benito, my past cousin BFF, aka Bad Bunny, who is now oh yeah. completely on the shit list of almost every Latina that you know in your life. It goes to show you that even um bad people do bad things. <laughs> bad things happen yeah, to bad even people. Bad, so. Even bad people do bad things. Who would yeah, have thought? You, you, anyway, you, who, that's, who those are never the two sure. authors we are dealing with right yes. now. We have yeah. We have spoken about not one thing in no, the book. Let us move no. on. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Okay. So, Lex. We're in Lex's POV. She's, like, the tomboy poor girl. She's – we're in her 12th birthday. Like, we've gone – we've regressed to, to her 12th birthday. Actually, I think we've now moved ahead to her 12th birthday. I don't forget what she was up to prior to this. But she's yeah. she's being taken out of the orphanage by a recruiter with a capital, capital R. And uh, she notes that, like, recruiter has changed – that's how I know that time has passed. Like he's older, he's got a second star on the armband, so he's like progressed in like career wise. And he basically is taking her off to she doesn't really know where because what happens to orphans? Like they either go to like the hub, I don't know what that is yet, or they go to like rock bottom. There's a few different like options for them, but she, but she knows she's destined for something that not other girls would be doing. Like she literally has right. this thought where she's like, I actually know. That, like, I'm not doing any of these things. Like, I can tell because I'm not like other girls and everyone knows it. It is very ridiculous. Like, one thing I've noticed about this chapter, like, immediately is the line. So treating everyone, she's treating everyone like they don't exist. And she says, it wasn't hard to do. They knew how wild I could get with my fists. Yeah, she's not. She punches. She's a puncher. (laughs) And then, I'm sorry, but this line made me laugh. Everyone here already has so little they couldn't afford to lose their teeth. <laughs> that's, that's a great line. That is a, such a good line. And I'm stealing that. Fucking like, I, the hilarious. Next, people come for me online and be like, you guys, you can't afford to lose like the few teeth left in I'm your I'm going to tell you something. What? I had a I had a bully in first grade, Ruby. I was mm. obsessed with her. I should have known then I was a little gay. But yeah. she was horrible to me. And she lived in the building like uh, like adjacent to me. And I used to see her dancing on her balcony okay yeah that's one thing but once (laughs) once that it has nothing to do with the story i just wanted to tell you guys and then um one Mm. time she was like i want your teeth right like with a fist her hand balled in a fist like i was in first grade and then she was like never mind they're yellow ruby i know it was so cutting that's so cutting yeah anyway that was a horrible insult and that's what it reminded me of let's move on so they're at they're at graduation. This is this is what's happening. They're graduating from being orphans. Mm-hmm. A recruiter, like he's basically like, "You'll thank me one day," and she's like, "I'm never gonna thank you. You're stinking guts." <laughs> so we don't have no idea what they're talking about. And um, she says, "Breathing guts." What the fuck is that? I circled that too. Yeah, uh, obviously, I hated his breathing guts do guts breathe i think guts are like our intestines and things but i guess yeah like, I, the lung is I not a, the lung is a not of, gut 
I think this is supposed to be their version of slang, which there's a bunch of it, yeah. which I'm not against as the famous uh, creator of butt toads. However, <laughs> it needs to be good. And breathing guts kind of sucks a little bit. Not it does. Lie. It does. He asks her if she wants to say goodbye to anyone. And she's like, I boarded without even looking back. Because again, those other girls, not like them. She didn't make right. any friends in her time in the orphanage. This is, this is the point. Is that she was fighting with people the entire time just to survive. And she, she then moves on to... Where do they end up going? They end up going to... Before we move on to that as they're traveling there was a moment that kind of stuck out to me because so it gets really dark like they don't have the yellow lights of the orphanage anymore yeah and she says was the world really this dark and then we just kind of move on from that and i was a little disappointed that that wasn't fleshed out a little bit more like it's like the moment where like frodo and samwise are like stepping one foot beyond the furthest sam's ever been from home which he talks about right he says that this is the farthest if i take one more step this is the farthest i'll ever be from home it's the moment where the adventure begins like where you you cross over from your old life to your new life and it was just like was the world really this dark and then we just move on no talk of her internal sort of feelings Mm -hmm. um and that was like my biggest gripe with this chapter that the only feeling we see from her is anger yeah yeah that's it I agree, and I think that, like, the use of light, especially in a subterranean society, would be so important and such a commodity. And there is talk about this a little bit later, how, like, light means that you matter. But I love the idea that, like, yeah, right, if you're in a, like, subterranean orphanage, like, the lights are probably on to some degree all the time. But, like, to go out into the world and to realize that, like, Mm -hmm. it's pitch black out there um, would be such a, like, it would totally change your idea of, like you know what's beyond safety and i have a hard time sort of visualizing a lot of the stuff that's going on we don't get a ton of like visual cues and i think it's in part because like the language in general that lex uses to render her world is pretty sparse right like she's not a really visual person and it's it's her narrating it which is which is fine i could use a little bit more texture because like i i don't know like are they above or below ground i think they're below ground at this point because her whole story like starts below ground but i don't like yeah really know and i don't really remember and also if they are below ground like of course it's dark like does she think that like caverns naturally have light bulbs i don't really know but yeah, it's dark and she's surprised. And that would have been a better moment to sort of build out, like, her reaction to the world and the adventure she's on. But, nope, we just sort of sweep by it and we are brought to where she's going next, which is, like, a cadet academy. Yeah, the PCF academy. A huge gate sizzling with electricity. Nice. <laughs> a sign. PCF academy. And it's, like, she doesn't have time to, like, even register the words, which felt a little bit lazy to me, like... A way to postpone explaining oh she's gonna be a cadet right yeah right they're talking about she got she gets her cadet badge she gets her sleeper pod and then it says they gave me casino right next door well you can't get everything which would have been great if we knew who the fuck casino was before this but we didn't and yeah. i thought it was like the bathrooms i thought it was a bathroom or something too. i was like is this yeah just like the, i was like, like the lego for bathroom she has like the seat i like looked it up i was like is this does this mean something like in a different <laughs> language um but casina is like 
another Zarpeza, right? Like mean girl for the she sake is of being a mean girl. Zarpeza coded. That's what I wrote in yeah. my text as well. Super Zarpeza coded. We get three little diamonds. Well, in my ebook version, there's three little diamonds to separate mm-hmm. the next section. And she's talking oh. about how she's not sure why she's there. Cadets are hand chosen. This book does the thing where it's like the characters are both exceptional and don't understand why they've been chosen for everything anything like she'll say like i have perfect memory i can see in the dark like i have all these powers and then she'll be like i don't know why i was chosen and it's like bitch you just told us you could see in the dark like maybe have a little bit more self-confidence when it counts not just when you're like in your own head right well this is the issue that i think comes up in a lot a lot especially with like female characters and female heroes is that you have to give them something phenomenal or beyond expectation in order to situate them as a hero but we also have to give them debilitating like self-confidence issues and we have to shield themselves i know we have to shield them from ever embracing any sort of like self-esteem because that'll alienate them from like the reader and from people who don't like to see especially young girls have any sort of embrace with power or like autonomy so we have all of these mary sues basically that sort of stumble their way into situations that they technically are validated in being because of like their exceptional talent but like they can't ever know that they're exceptional and we have a line that really exemplifies this kind of contradiction that like these these girls are basically forced to embody where she goes I'm not sure why I'm here. Cadets are hand-chosen, the best of the best. Maybe I'm the best of the worst. Which doesn't make any fucking sense. Because, like, do you mean that... I think, did you did you mean you're the worst of the best? Because, again, we're, like, not self-confident. Or I'm the best of the worst, and she's the best orphan. Like, the best of the worst class of people. And, like, again, we could have slowed down and taken some time to unpack the like psychological contortion that would derive this because it is possible right like some people don't have that kind of confidence despite having a lot of talent you and me uh but like yeah but like yeah but like there's there's none of that sort of played out and we're supposed to just sort of accept it and it's only because the prepackaged version of like a heroic girl is this person that they've sort of given us and i don't know it's boring it is. And it, it, I think it already, already, I'm sorry, listeners, if you haven't listened to season one, you might as well go listen to it now. Yeah. Go, go because yeah. we're going to be comparing this to Model Land a whole bunch. And it already suffers from like both having too much plot and not enough plot at the same time. <laughs> like so much meat and information has been given to us, but none of it matters because really we just want to know where this lack of self-confidence actually comes from because it seems like she hasn't really cared her whole life like she's been shucking the norms her whole life she's been pushing back against them she's the strong girl but like using you and i as an example like we're both marginalized in our own ways we've been told no and we're not good enough our whole life by society by people in our industry rejected countless times so of course we're gonna sort of develop this you know, response to that rejection, but we don't see her actually going through that. Right. She's we don't just see winning. her suffering. She's <laughs> yeah. just angry and always comes out on top sometime because they're unwilling to actually put their characters through anything. And I don't know if that was a function of the ghostwriter or of the Jenner sisters, but um, my instinct is telling me that it was 
the January sisters and the ghostwriter was just sort of like doing what she was told. I hate to blame the ghostwriter yeah. ever in this kind yeah, of me situation. Too. I, I find it hard to sort of put any blame on them because they clearly. Well, there's an hard. imbalance of power and yeah. they're just a writer trying to make money. Whereas these are billionaires trying to make become New York times bestselling authors <laughs> right. without actually doing any of the work, which I'm not going to take kindly to. You might as well be AI at this point. Like the, <laughs> the cart, the Jenner sisters, like kind of, sorry, but it's true. Let us um, see your hands. Only, Let us yeah, see the, the hands. Only, and you know what? I, I bet anything that the biggest market for AI pen books will be celebrity books oh, yeah. in the future. Oh, absolutely. Cause they're have, not gonna they'll have it. AI books and then they'll have somebody come in and like clean it up. Um, but that's not, I I believe Maya Sloan is the name of the ghostwriter for book one. That's not her fault. No. So Maya, we hope you're thriving actually. (laughs) This is to Maya. Maya, you did the best you could. And I think part of this is also that there's an element of like expediency here. Like they've got to get through this backstory. I actually don't think they have to get through this backstory, but whatever. I think that these details would have been better deployed later in the story when they sort of come up like, Agreed. oh my God, I don't have confidence because at the orphanage, I watched Samantha get dragged away or I didn't have enough food. So I, I now hoard food on our adventure. These would have been the kind of the better moments to drop in these like backstory tidbits, but we're sort of getting it done all at once. feels like homework. Um, but uh, but anyways, so the next section is basically Casina being a bitch. Like that's like the, it's like a Casina being a bitch montage. And we learn a little bit about the like Cadet Academy via like the bullying and um, yeah, something to, to note. So the cadets are, they really are the best of the best. Anybody can become a cadet. We don't know what cadets are for. Like, is there an army? We don't really know. And I actually think that that's kind of an, on purpose, like... What is this controlling force? What is this, like, armed forces used for? But, like, you could be above ground, like an heiress, spelled A-I-R-E-S-S. Or you could be, like, a poor person and still become a cadet because it's only the top-ranked, like, children, basically, are unable to become this. And so she really is among, like, the cream of the crop just in terms of people from um, all walks of life. But she is the only orphan that has ever been asked to become a cadet or forced, I guess. Yeah. Which like you would think there would be a little bit more sort of like shock and awe, like on her part, like why, why is this happening to me? Like all of a sudden, like if these norms are so huge and have never been sort of like broken and I'm suddenly breaking them, Mm -hmm. why me? Wouldn't she, she would be suspicious or like upset, um, but she's just sort of like flippant about everything, and like it goes right. back to her not really having much of a personality, to be quite honest. Um, she punches. Yeah. I was gonna Casina. call her Zarpesa. Um, she punches Casina, and it's like it feels very hollow because it's like this is the only kind of this is all she showed, just like violence, and like ki- she kicks the wall. A little bit later on. Um, Not to like use myself as an example, but I'm going to like I have an angry girl in my series. Her name is Valley. And like there is one moment where she breaks a dish, a candy dish because she's so angry. But it's one moment. Right. We see her anger. She's angry in different ways. But like people who are traumatized and who use their anger to cover up whatever they're feeling rarely only use that tool. They usually have something else that they use. Either they are like 
quiet and they keep to themselves or they're serious or they know a lot about a specific thing so that they can be an expert in that thing and you can't really question them in anything else or they're funny. There needs to be something else, not just your anger, right? Like it makes right. it for a very flat one dimensional character. And right. that's what um, we, we're even having trouble remembering their personalities because they feel so similar. Right. I thought that this was Livia for the first like two pages until I was yeah. like, an orphan. And I like, I like made up a version of this where they had combined because it's, I have to like, like in my mind tease them both apart because they sound so similar in the way that they I mean, are of course, we're gonna find out that they're like sisters or twins or some shit and like that's why they're oh 100 so percent. but like 100 percent. yeah so casina basically makes like a derogatory remark like oh they put me next to the dirt squirt which is a derogatory term for like someone who lives in dirt <laughs> and then she gets punched and I mean, Casino sounds truly terrible, but, like, just outright punching somebody, you're right. Like, there's no, like, let's talk about this or, like, no, like, uh, interior, like, arithmetic that leads to this. Like, she really does just punch her, which goes back to the beginning of the chapter where she's like, you know, they couldn't afford to talk to me if they wanted to, like, keep their teeth. So this does not fly, though, at the Cadet Academy. She gets dragged into some person's office like a corporal or something someone higher up in the in the hierarchy who's basically yeah. like listen cadet lexi and she's like it's lex and i love that like everyone calls her lexi this happens a few times which i don't really understand is her full name lexi i don't know we don't know but she's like it's actually just lex because she's cooler than a lexi would be and the person's like you need to get it together because like you will bottom out and you will be like let go if like you keep up with these behaviors and she's all yeah. like oh, i don't do that like i don't i don't listen to rules um and it lands her in like a solitary confinement situation that is actually she's just inside of her bedroom she just gets put inside of her bedroom for i don't even know how long pod yeah. number 13 that's where she's staying um, but it's actually the nicest room she's ever been in. So she's like kind of chill with it. Yeah, she's like, whatever. Also, the the person that she's speaking to, the person who like reprimands her, oh, um, yeah. she describes her as like being old and she's like <laughs> blonde hair um, sticking, <laughs> sticking out beneath her cap was brittle and dry. I will never be like her, I thought. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, ageism once again. No, we, she... did, we thought we escaped. They, she says that it's it's living underground that has like damaged this woman, but like yeah, but drained she, her youth, drained her youth, so she's right? Like still talking about how she looks old. I love the like I like so her creamy, damaged split ends. That will, that, will never, <laughs> that will never be me. And then the oh god, this got so crazy. She's like, she basically resolves to like prove them all wrong by being like faster smarter like she's gonna be the best cadet ever so she commits herself oh, to being help. like like training all the time too which i don't know cool like yeah throw yourself into the, at least we're not being violent we're, we're putting it towards the uh, um I, like i guess like a useful direction um but then she mm. meets came who we know from the Reverie? back with the oh my god yeah, we know from, yeah Kane the the main character of my book Reverie was like what the fuck am I doing? Can I just make a no, a small note as the brown person, mm. the real brown person of Bad Author Book Club, Ryan Lasala, <laughs> fake uh, Latine person. The idea of like they 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 throw a, around a couple of like 
fake slurs, mud girl, subbies, dirt, right? Yeah. The idea of these like super privileged white girls talking about oppression feels a little bit like Marie Antoinette writing about being like Katniss. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's clumsy. Like it's like <laughs> It's very Tyra wearing a fat suit to see what it feels like to be a fat person for, for a, a day. day. <laughs> yes. The the poor people cosplay, it's getting oh it's a little weird. It's a little <laughs> weird to hear about them sort of like imagining what oppression feels like. Um Yeah. And it just it just it just stood out to me a little bit and I just wanted to make We're gonna keep a note an about eye that. On that for sure. <laughs> I mean it is it is this idea that like in the imagination of the highly privileged, like what's the thing that's like worse? Like you know, what what's the worst thing that could be happening to you, right? And that's what they're sort of being asked to imagine when they're trying to think of someone who's right. disadvantaged and all they can come up with is like um dirt. I had dirt's bad. <laughs> like that's what they, that's what they've mud, got. Like mud they, girl. Yeah, mud girl. I have mud under my fingers. She's she's. I couldn't she get a manicure this like, week. D- yeah, right. Like that's like that's what they've got. And I mean, like I I would have to imagine that this world comes with all manner of like terrors that specifically apply themselves to people who are being kept in like essentially the depths of the earth, right? Like what must that yield? Fucking like, yeah, man. Right. Like, are they hunched over? Do they have like really brittle bones? Cause they don't get enough like vitamin D and like, you could derive a ton of like, honestly slurs out of that kind of imbalance when it comes to that. But like, all we really get is like, ew, like you, you're underground. You, you must smell like a rock. <laughs> that's like their idea of like a really t- they needed they need to talk to ruby your bully because ruby had some zingers ruby would have she would have like set them straight but even something you said in that moment just like riffing like brittle bone would be such a better, Way better insult than any of the things they came up with yeah um anyway moving on okay so we meet um Kane. so sh- yeah we meet kane which this Ugh. was this was so model land coded the next thing that happens so like big time ugh, basically we get like a it's not a meet cute but it's basically the first interaction between Kane and Lex is the is the rest of this chapter and it's so fucking weird mm. it's very weird it's just basically like them sort of like banter flirting i guess like it's like that like passive aggressive kind of like what do you know and like and then he showed me and i was pretty impressed but i wouldn't let him know like that you know (laughs) right what really jumped out to me is that like like we she takes the time the author takes the time to basically say that like kane is the hot shot at the cadet academy everyone wants kane including of course Casino, who's got her eyes on Bravo here, and but Bravo <laughs> doesn't have eyes for Casino. In fact, Bravo or Kane or whoever this like stand-in like exceptional Bravo young man, is is the love interest is in Model, Model Land. Land. In case you haven't yeah. listened to season one, which we really recommend, yeah, go do that. Go do that because you'll get a lot of the resonance here because it's the same thing over again. It's funnier. It's, it's funnier. It's way funnier. Will be funnier. It's less angry. <laughs> <laughs> Funnier. Um, but he comes up and of course he's hitting on like Lex being like, hey, cadet, like training really hard there. And 
the casino is in the background like shooting daggers because again like you have to set up like a you know like the the animosity between two girls has to come down to them fighting over the limited resources that is a male's gaze because that's what like and that's what lex decides to do she's like i'm going to talk to him because it makes this other girl really jealous so like she's still like occupied with this and this is sort of why she decides to continue a conversation with this guy I had a really hard time understanding, like, not understanding, but, like, being in the moment of the timeline because the tenses were being, like, were weird. Like, she's talking about something that's happening in the moment. And then she says, "Um, when I lowered, um, he was grinning. His lip curled up in the way that I realize now is his thing. So she's like thinking back to something that it's happened before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she also, in another moment, is talking about how Kane and Casina would talk all the time because Casina was like super in love with him, but he would just look through her. But she just got to the academy. So we're not watching any of this happen in real time. It's like a time jump. And then she's explaining things that have happened before without really saying, I've watched this happen throughout my four or five months here every day at, you know, science class or whatever the fuck. I would watch this happen. So again, like you were describing, there's like no sense of like place and time, really. Mm -hmm. It's just like random thoughts. I feel like I'm reading a diary, basically. It's retrospect. I don't know when or where anything, yeah, yeah. is happening. It's retrospect nested in other retrospect. Because this is all technically a flashback, right? Mm -hmm. Because like we've jumped back and she's reflecting on her time then. But even in her reflections are other nested reflections about like why these things it's basically like this detail comes up and i now need to tell you why it matters i didn't tell you before but actually it does matters and the reason it matters is because there's this history between me and this detail and here's why you well, here's the significance we're going to move on now and if you could do that a few times like that's fine right like who cares but it is the entirety of these chapters and they're yeah. told through this like expansive like I would one day find out what the significance of these moments were, but not not too soon. Anyways, back to the flashback, um, which is just yeah, it which creates is this, really like, annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you know the information, what reason do you have to not tell us? Also, why are we here in the first place? Because if you're telling this to us, like you are telling us long ago, here's a here's a the legend of me type of thing. Like that means you're a- still alive. Right. Well, we know that they're alive because the book begins with them being like, I'm alive. But anyway, let's let's head back to figure out like all the shit that's happened to me in the meantime. But I don't okay. like this. So <laughs> Kane, she goes with Kane and Kane leads her to like a porta potty, basically a smelly little hallway. <laughs> it smells like it's a waste disposal facility. And he's like, I've got a secret to show you. And she's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, it fucking stinks. And she's like, oh, my God. And she's like into this. She's like, oh, my God. Like he has a little secret away from the rest of the cadet academy, which is highly surveilled. So I don't know how they're just managing yeah. to walk around a waste disposal facility. But like now they're in like the stinkiest place ever. They like go down into like some stairwell and they end up in this like dark little like pitch black room and she's just gone along with this like she's not too too worried about it she thinks like i could probably beat him up if i had to um and he's just like i need to show you something specific this is their first conversation that we know about and it doesn't 
doesn't bode well that this like rough and tough girl who's skeptical of all people who couldn't have one conversation with her like bunkmate in the academy without punching them suddenly like sets eyes on like the one viable love interest and is like i absolutely would love to walk down the stinky corridor with you well you see two things okay a he's a boy yeah so he's not gonna be an evil woman yeah yeah he's like yes when he ran up behind her she almost punched him and that's enough to show us like Mm. oh no she could have beat his ass but she chooses not to but at any moment, she will be back in control of the situation. So she's not afraid. And honestly, I'm not afraid either because from what we've been told, I've just been shown there are absolutely no consequences for either of these characters so far. Yeah. Like oh from their worlds that are supposedly awful. You know, I have so much seen better. none. If like she beat up Casina and then got put in some sort of like detention or some sort of like demerit-based system and that's where she meets Kane who's like similarly like demerited or demoted and like that they so they like bond over this but no they just sort of meet like I think running laps on like a track or something like that and she does she does almost punch him and then she's also not worried because just a quick reminder she can see in the dark they're down in like the dark and she can actually see him like perfectly clear and she also can hear really well so we've got another Tokyo Daily Crumb on our hands it says I can see pretty well in the dark, freakishly well, mm-hmm. and my hearing's not bad either. Freakishly not bad. <laughs> I love that. That's funny. I mean, freakishly like... not bad. Come on, that needs put it in our bio. Yeah, freakishly. Right yeah, get the bad author book club. Freakishly not bad. Uh, there are moments of like humor in the writing that like feels very like wry humor, but it's so sparse that I'm like, do they know that they're being funny? Like, it feels like. I mean, it is funny, like the like the teeth line, very funny. But the rest of it so is so good. devoid, and the character herself feels devoid of like any sense of humor. That I don't know if it's like on purpose, if we're supposed to be laughing at her or with her. But there are some really like I will, yeah, I will attribute any humor to Maya. Maya, to I was going to say Maya. There are some really Ghost funny Rider? moments, yeah. Or if Scott Disick somehow made his way into the office <laughs> as they were writing, yeah. Probably. I could see him saying something funny. Oh, so they're in they're in this little dark cabinet somewhere, mm. a stinky dark cabinet, and it's it's actually the, the exact same closet where Celebrity Book Club began all those years ago. Oh my god, I miss the closet. <laughs> I miss I the closet. Yeah, back when we had like a meta narrative of Merlin from Tyra Banks. <laughs> it was too hard. It was too hard. Um, but oh god, so he is like he looks at her and he goes laugh. That's all, that's all he says. And she's like, I'm not going to laugh. <laughs> and he's like, trust me, just laugh. Um, and then he know, he's like, well, I'm going to make you laugh. Do you want to see my impression of Casina? And she goes, not really. Uh, and he does it anyways. Wow. And I have to read this passage to you. He did it anyways. Sucked in his cheeks, pushed out his chin, gave me her sharp, love-struck stare like an infatuated hubber with serious mental issues. Poor Casina. I'm what? I'm I'm on her side at this point because Me too. Basically now they're in some dark like area and they're making her the butt of a joke. And the butt of the joke from specifically this guy's point of view is that she's lovingly and adoringly like looking at him. And I'm like, I feel bad for this girl who like 
is detested from all sides, including like the the person that she's like fawning over. And I know that of course like we're we're supposed to hate her, but I felt bad about them just like making fun of her. And then there's a whole passage about how everyone calls her beautiful, but like you know Lex, who's not like other girls, has never thought of her as even remotely beautiful. And it's like oh, this like I hate it bashing moment, and it causes Lex to guffaw. Like, she really does laugh about it. What a bitch. You know what kills me about these things? It's very, like, this happened a ton in Handbook for Mortals. I'm becoming, like, a bad book scholar, by the way. This is, like, my fucking legacy. Yeah. But in Handbook for Mortals, like, the main character constantly is hated for no reason by other women. And then she responds to that with, like, extreme actions and hate but it's justified right because these people are being complete bitches to her but they're bitches to her for no reason like there's no reason why they're mad or angry other than jealousy so i would be curious to know like why if they give casina a reason why she hates lex or if they just let it stand as is which yeah i feel like they will right right so they're they're cackling about her and how cruel she Cackling. is, cruel, cruel down to her cells. It's just in her nature to be a bitch, because that's how that's how natures work. That's, and, that's how she is. And Kane takes out a device and like <laughs> points it at Lex, and like depresses a trigger, and it makes like a sucking noise while she's laughing. And he goes, "Got it." And she's like, "Got what?" And he goes, "The pattern of your laugh." And then he proceeds to, like, spray the wall with color. I don't know. This was very ejaculatory to me. It Okay, I wasn't thinking that, but now I am. Um, <laughs> I was thinking Monsters, Inc. Like, when they take the kids' screams and then they take their laughter and, like, fuel the power of, like, whatever the name of their city is it felt very that to me like harnessing laughter but i i really hate sort of like these forced moments of like cuteness and um connection it doesn't feel sincere to me at all it feels like let's make a really cute meaningful moment and not building up to that like we just we just saw them meet Right, yeah, he's like, come, Randomly. Come, come over here and, like, look at my little, like, Rubik's Cube. Like, this is very much like yeah. me trying to make friends in, like, third grade by walking up to people and being like, do you, you want to know what your horoscope says? Because I had a big birthday <laughs> book, a book full oh of God, birthdays. I would have been your best fucking friend. <laughs> hey, look, honestly, it worked. All the horse girls were like, I would love to know what my horoscope says. and I, I wasn't a horse them. girl, but my mom was very Catholic, and she didn't let me do anything horoscope related but i was very fascinated by it because Mm -hmm. a lot of latinos are um Mm -hmm. but not my mom not religious latinos i feel like so Mm. um i would have been like please tell me i'm dying i can't watch walter mercado so this is the second best (laughs) thing (laughs) oh my god i love him they did him on snatch game recently and (gasps) oh my god i think i saw that i think it's not that recent I forget who, but... I feel like I saw that. It was good, though. Um, But, okay, I'll read it to you. He pointed his beamer and sprayed the wall in front of us with the other device. And I watched the explosion of light and color hit the air. So it's 
arcing. Uh, purples Not and blues his <laughs> crashing into each other, dripping down in vibrant streaks before they hit the ground and flowed into the floor grate. So this is a fluid, like a like a viscous paint-like substance that he is spraying into the air from like uh, the device that he like captured her her laughter with and um she's like she's this works on her she's like holy shit that was cool that was really cool um and he he's he looks at her and he's like yeah what you never seen sound painting before (laughs) oh vomit um he's like that's what your laugh looks like Mm -hmm. oh my god I've never seen Help. those colors before, not for a laugh. So even her laugh in this machine like comes through. It's, it's not like, like other it's girls. It's not like other other mm. girls. And I all I can think is like this little fucking freak. Like this is so what he's like running around, like eavesdropping on people, like recording little bits of them. And does this machine just immediately spray, or do you get to like store something and then see what color it is? Do you have to make noises in order to get it to paint? Because this just seems crazy to me. I don't really understand the mechanics of this. It's not the point, but it does feel so fucking goofy it is it's goofy and there's no point to it like why would it even exist um <laughs> yeah, well, who made this? she also says i liked your dot 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 color thingy which <laughs> i don't love the use of the world thingy the mm. word thingy in this world i would also like to remind everyone they're 12 they're 12 in this moment this the vocabulary the speech the dialogue everything does not feel 12 and i will tell you in a book where you have to write a flashback or character being younger you have to work at it you can't just write them the same way you're writing them as when as they're older because that is definitely what she's doing that's definitely what's happening here but these do not sound like children to me and if the children are more mature and have different speech patterns at a younger age then we need to know that you can't just like make them talk like adults but they don't feel 12 to me do they feel 12 to you no i keep forgetting that they're 12 and it makes a little bit more sense if they're younger that he would have this like a goofy little like 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 bop it basically to like be yeah doing graffiti i but i imagine them as older and it made it even goofier but yeah you're right thank you for the reminder um he by the way like He does then go on to tell her that, like, did you know, like, everyone looks at you? And she's like, why? And he's like, because you're pretty. And this is the exact thing that we just got done saying that, like, Casino was not pretty and she doesn't even get it. But now she's like, I don't even understand why I'm pretty. Like, oh, my God. Um, So she's actually (laughs) she has basically harvested the compliment that she formally deprived Casino of. Um, And they continue to have, like, a little moment. Um. I don't know. It goes on and on for a little too long. And wait, he... can I stop you? There yeah. is a there is a a slang that I fucking hate so much. Um, is it strato? So she's like strato. So strato, <laughs> short for stratosphere, means like cool in this world. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Um, I think it's fun. Yeah. I like that. I'm gonna start saying it. I think. Oh my god. Is that not very strato of me? Oh my god, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, I'm just the... like staring in silence, like waiting for Ryan to take it back, but he... <laughs> they won't. 
But there, he he mentions that like he's not supposed to use like paints on personal items like at the cadet academy. Which, like, duh, of course. Like, if I was an adult, I would also be like, put away that like messy paint gun that basically just like fires compulsively if someone makes a noise around it like yeah of course they're gonna be like don't have that out about i kept on thinking that like again this would be so cute if they were both on detention for different things and his reason for being in detention could be the fact that he won't stop like painting or like graffitiing things like that would be like so cool but instead he was just running circles around a track with this thing in his like back pocket and i don't know that's weird also did did this line make you feel uncomfortable um so oh. he's like i won't tell anyone uh, she says i won't tell anyone if you promise one thing and he's like what promise me you'll do it again and she's talking about the the thing the <laughs> the machine the thingy yeah. um and then he goes just wait he said till i paint your scream what the fuck is he talking about you are 12 you little shit yeah get a job get away from her oh my god yeah he's either threatening to like scare or prank her which i'm praying is what they meant but in the context of this conversation it sounded cursed and sexualized which is so fucking disgusting i where are the book banners when you <laughs> yeah, come, <laughs> come and this get it line take it out um, totally a joke we hate them okay oh yeah no, we, we're not we're not for printing books not even this but no, um ever, that ever, is ever. where the section ends not the chapter but the section so we don't even get a response so it's meant to be like a dun 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 moment and i do think it's supposed to be like a fun joke but it it landed totally it doesn't land wrong. not at all um so we continue and she can't help but stick out. Christina hated me. The second class started. I was obvious I didn't know anything. And we get what is essentially kind of some important passages about world building. So there is a bit of elegance here. And Maya, I wanted to commend you on that. That like we get some good like world building tidbits in how like the kids operate in class. And this is jumping ahead a little bit, but like they have this um the bible the city of indra right it's like the like the foundational text of their society um every kid is equipped with their own copy unless they're like you're an orphan and you could never afford one and there's like standard issues ones that like the other poor kids have but like lex doesn't even have that and it was cool to sort of watch how the kids like ranked and compared to one another with their mm. like really ornamental versions of this like sacred text because some kids have like leaves in them some kids have like feathers and like nap like nature is a really rare commodity so it was kind of cool to see how like the kids will like you know show me mine and i'll show you yours type of thing but with this like book and um it places this really premium value on the books and therefore like the words in it which we're supposed to be taking as like you know um basically dogma right like this is how the society is formed you can't question the text on the inside of this book because even the outside is incredible Mm. too so i did love moments of that i thought that that was actually really well done yeah i agree i thought that was cool i got a little bit confused by the whole 3d projection the girl tied with rope thing until they explained it later that it's like a simulation of a woman 
being tied up with rope and screaming for help and they like play in the forest around her i don't know this is fucking dark yeah. shit yeah the woman in rope basically like it, it's written kind of confusingly so we'll just summarize it for you but there are simulations that the people can experience by inserting microchips into their wrists and one of the favorite simulations is called woman like tied up with rope and that's like the, the only one the poor kids get or something right what? I'm pretty sure, like, the only one, um, the islands look like a make-believe, like the one we visited in the orphanage archive, the girl tied with rope, our one access chip, given us charity from the independent high council. So that was the only sort of, like, simulation that they right. got to play in as orphans exactly. over and over again. Right. And the simulation sort of, like, has wear and tear to it. So basically, like, it's like a picture book, right? Like, the kids are, like, passing around, except it's, like, a simulation. And I, I think know, this... that's pretty cool. I think it's cool, too. The that, idea like, of that. And that it, like, tatters over time. Like, the more they're using it, like, the forest starts to droop. Even the, like, woman in the, like, projection starts to kind of grow, like, bored of it herself. And the the specific thing that we're supposed to get out of this is that there's a shadowy figure that sort of creeps around the simulation. And we learn that, like, the simulations are not just, like, reproductions of the same thing played over and over again, like a, like a CD or something. There's mm-hmm. an element of, like reality to them and the man in the cloak for instance is a uh i forgot the term used for but basically he's punished somewhere in the world like he did something bad and his punishment is that he has to live in this simulation over and over again playing this like shadowy figure um so the people which we also we also got this Mm. described before in one of uh, Livia's chapters. This is the second time we hear about this. Yeah, it's some sort of specific like punishment, but it's interesting because shadow people, shadow people, right? Like in a simulation, typically people would be like just programs, like it's just data, but actually the data is also people in this. And Lex sort of asks the question finally that I had a question. I was like, well, where's their body? And she asks about that. Right. She's like, What's their, like, what, it, like, where's their body? Like, they must be someplace. And she even asks, like, and if we're, like, punishing people that, like, threaten Indra, like, in, does Indra have, like, enemies? Like, are we at war? And I'm like, oh, my God, great. She's, like, asking the good questions and getting shut down constantly. And even the other kids are sort of making fun of her because she's asking such, like, ludicrous questions that kind of question the indoctrination that everyone else is um, has had since birth because they have these like fancy books and she doesn't so I was like oh this is actually like I really like how this all kind of clicked together and this I thought was actually really elegant yeah I agree I wish they would have gone in this direction more so to show her like otherness from the kids because there's nothing wrong with showing otherness I think the the reason I have a problem with the way that they paint it is because Mm. it's very girl versus girl rather than like um, Lex versus other children right I think if you take out the aspect of like other girls were taught to do this like they're rich boys too right who have a different upbringing like why does it have to be sort of like a girl versus girl issue if she had made it more of like a classism thing rather than Mm. like like veiled misogyny I would have been more on board with her plight but oh my god yeah unfortunately that's not what they do and also I do think it has to be it's probably like a product of the time in some ways but I also don't think that's like a 
a huge excuse because there are books that didn't do this around the same time. It's we're not like this is not like 1965, right? We're in the 2000s. Like, um, so yeah, so right about the class thing, too, because there's even a moment when uh, like a lower class girl, Vipiana or whatever, Vipsinia. Yeah, like she. Vippy, I have theories. I have theories about Vippy too, but <laughs> Vippy shows up and she's basically like one of the poor girls in the cadet class, but she does have a book and she takes like her time to basically be like, well, like what? You don't have a book because you're poor, poor. And she sort of wields her very low class against someone with even less privilege. And I'm like, oh, of course it's like, uh, and she, oh, Vippy's by the way, looking for approval from like Casina by like punishing Lex. And I'm like, oh my God, of course, like even like the classism conversation is sort of played out in like a female tension. And I do want to hear your theory in a second, but I want to cap this off by saying, uh, and of course the way that all of this ends, the way that Lex is absolved of being poor, the sin of being poor is fucking, what's his face? Kane is like, well, you can share your book with me and basically gives her like the dignity of sharing books like a book with like the hot boy in class and everyone else is like ooh and like suddenly she like smugly is looking around as she like shares books with like the hot boy like that's once yeah. again like a, a a girl's like mobility through classism comes um at the the offered hand of a like hot man who's like priority to the the women that are undefined but yet jealous of her like that's their only real quality yeah yeah oh also i Vippy is actually the one person they're called hubbies there's three of them and they're even lower class it says than lex but Vippy is the one of the three of them that doesn't laugh so she's like nice it says that didn't keep them from laughing two of them at least not the tiny one with shiny black hair her name is vipsinia Vippy for short i think she's gonna die a hundred percent. She's the Rue. She's Rue. She's yeah. gonna die. Because she like follows Lex around. She's either gonna be like a really powerful small fighter who can like get them out of bad situations, or she's gonna die. Because if you give a character a name like Vippy, yeah, in a book like this, yeah, tragedy. There's never it's gonna coming. be like like war criminal Vippy. <laughs> never like it's always gonna be no. like vippy our sacrifice our our special little bunny so yeah you're right this like meek little girl she's doomed absolutely doomed <laughs> i agree with you on vippy i think she's gonna die vippiana she's not long for this world and in the meantime though we're stuck with lex and kane and they're sharing a book and sort of like ribbing each other and like clearly kind of like flirting in front of the rest of the class and um and then <laughs> This this drove me crazy. She looks uh, at his his book, right, and it's covered. It's covered up. in the most beautiful colors, like colors she's never even seen before. Which we've used that twice now. I don't colors I'd never seen before or even imagined actually. So that, that's the specific line. And he goes, "I did it myself." Oh yeah, right, like with his like little machine, right? Um, it's the sound of my breathing. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. And that's so the end bad. of the chapter. You know what? What? I'm gonna I'm gonna admit something. Maybe as a teen, this would have this would have made my Pikachu ch- tingle. A no, bit. really? Just a little bit. Oh my god. Uh, as a teen, listen, as a teen, just yeah. about anything made me 
excited. And if I'm picturing Kane as like someone I'm attracted to, anything's possible. Just about anything. We, we listen. We talked okay. to people who read Model Land as teens and yeah. loved it. So That's we true. have to. That's true. <laughs> no, you're right. Like I think if, if yeah, if if I were to buy him as like in the actual heartthrob that like he sort of described as, and again, all of his heartthrobbiness sort of comes out of other people desiring him, not necessarily Lex. Right, like, mm. so I'm not, I'm not even really on the heartthrob train yet. Like, okay, sure, maybe I would have seen this as yeah. scintillating. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think in terms of like writing, right, and craft, the way Kane was introduced and the way he's being sort of like developed as a love interest is not great. But if you're a teenager <laughs> reading this who already has like a crush in mind, and you just need a placeholder yeah. for that person. Yeah. You have already developed that thing in your mind, right? And I think sure. that like when I read as a kid, I very much read in that way. Like picturing mm-hmm. the people. Like I pictured myself as the main character. I'm yeah. sure not everybody reads like this though. I think it's a very specific thing, which is why books like this resonate with some people and not all. But it felt like I was almost like rewriting it as fan fiction in my own head as I was. It's it's like a self insert, right? Yeah, it's like a you plug yourself into the program. You're the main character, and that's also why I think like like this is why I think like Bella Swan is such a compelling character because there's she's so devoid of any like (laughs) real like agency of like anything that like you get to sort of sit in the Bella Swan seat and just be fond over as the reader. And like, right. it's sort of like you, cause right. she, she's so transparent that you're receiving all of the like loving stares and all of the catty jealousy that is sort of like aimed at her for no fucking reason. So Absolutely. yeah, it's effective. And I think, I think what was compelling about Twilight in particular was not even so much Bella Swan, but like the intensity of their commitment and relationship. Mm. It was almost like, I want someone who would do anything for me and would like show up out of nowhere and for like, no fucking reason, from, like shady rape rapists, right? Mm-hmm. Like have these like superpowers that could like deliver me from like any issue and like had so much money and a Volvo. Like that's kind Stability. of attractive now, oh, right? Yeah. Like a house in the woods, yes. so much glass. So much in, all the food for me. Oh my god, the utilities of that place Let's alone. Go. Yeah, listen. No, it makes I would sense even now. consider Jasper, whatever his name is, for all of that. Like, oh. let's get it under control. Feed you some deer. We can make this work. <laughs> okay. All right. The episode is over with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. man. We got to do Rose and a Thorn. Yes. Yes. Um. So my Rose is that I really liked the sort of the economy that was established through the ornaments on the books and how it shouldn't have worked, but yet worked well with the idea that like she had all, all the only thing that she really had was this like tattered archived like playbook scenario that she got to experience over and over again. And that's, you know, I thought that that, that section was done well i thought that was fun Mm -hmm. um my thorn is this goofy ass machine that i know that we're going to be seeing so much more of i i hope not not looking forward to the 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 graffiti laughter scream machine i i hope i hope you're wrong i hope we never see it again (laughs) okay um 
my rose is sort of adjacent to yours a little bit and it's um lex questioning sort of the the shadow people and how exactly they can exist in the archives and mm. um what like how do they eat how do they sustain themselves like do they exist somewhere else like i loved that i loved the curiosity of that moment and me too the showing of her otherness through something other than telling um I'm so sorry to Scandal fans. I always do this, but everything feels very Olivia Pope to me. You're telling me she's great. I'm not seeing how. And this moment was like, oh, she's great because she's curious. And I love that. You don't have to have all the answers. But questioning authority in a moment like this is dangerous and it's brave. Mm. And she did it without thinking it's dangerous and it's brave that I'm doing. It's so like me to do dangerous and brave things. Right. (laughs) Um. And then I'm going to say my thorn is, like, the multiple instances of, like, Lex describing not only how great she was, but, like, how not like other girls she was or Kane doing it for her. Um, A specific line. She says, don't you know I'm dangerous? Haven't you heard? Core low mud girl. All that. Core low mud girl. That's in, that's that's like a new trend on TikTok. Yeah, he said. I think that's pretty strato to tell you the truth. That you aren't like everyone else. That made me want to vomit. And like there's multiple <laughs> yeah. instances of like her thinking or people telling her she's literally not like other people, not like other girls. And um, very lazy, very not good. We love other girls. Other girls are great. Other girls yeah. are hot. Other girls are worthy. Other girls are hot. Other girls are worthy. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. So those that's my rose and my thorn. Jesus Christ, this was a long chapter. Thank you, everyone, for bearing with us, just chit-chatting away. (laughs) We finally got to the longest chapter ever, but (laughs) we want to hear your thoughts. So please join us to react to this chapter of Rebel City of Indra, the story of Lex and Livia by Kendall and Kylie Jenner uh, on Discord, which is linked in the show notes. So give that a click. Come hang out with us. We would love to have you. Yes, we absolutely would. Um, also, if you'd like to follow us on social media, um, I'm at Clarabelle underscore Ortega on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And my website is ClarabelleOrtega.com. And I also wanted to add, if you read this book as a teen and you either know. loved it or yeah. hated it, please, you can leave us voice notes on Anchor. Mm-hmm. You can email us and let us know. Um, but I would just absolutely love to know if you read this as a teen and how you felt about it. I'm super curious because I think oh my God. Yeah. reading this as a person in your 30s versus a person who is 15, 16, 17, very different. Mm, yep. You're, you've got a point. You, you got me there, kiddo. Uh, and if you'd <laughs> like to follow me, Ryan, I'm uh, the Ryan LaSala on Insta, Twitter, and TikTok. All of our show's socials are also linked in the show notes. So give us a follow. Yeah, um, so. Recently, we started posting like funny little screenshots from like Discord, little like memes that people make, the fan art. So it is definitely worth a follow. And if you're already following us everywhere and you're in Discord, you've got nothing left to do but go and like and rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast because it helps us find new listeners um, who will come and join this wacky ride that we call Bad Author Book Club. Absolutely. And thank you for putting up with this long ass mother freaking episode. <laughs> we love you. We love you. Thank you, Hot Queen. See you Bye. next week.
Today's episode is chapter four of. <laughs> Wait, I forgot to read the whole thing. <laughs> now who's being a silly goose? Oh my god! Sorry, <laughs> silly goose house represent.、Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Do we? I don't even remember what we do. I. Okay, I think I remember. Let's just、Today's... say Re- Rebel City of Endra, like the、yes. story of Lux and Livy, or whatever the fuck. It's too long. <laughs> okay. Today's. <laughs> 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 all right, all right, all right. Z-